Welcome, everybody, to another uh, Tree Actions podcast. And joining us on this episode is none other than Mr. Rip Tompkins. Rip, it's great to see your face and to have you on the show. I know we're not, this is an audio-only podcast, but uh, we do record it with some video, so it's nice to see you. And welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, Tree Actions is about people sharing their experience and growing up what I've started calling the human forest. And how trees have have impacted your life, our lives. And at some point, we get into a little bit how training became a part. Because everyone so far that we've had on has some connection to training. And the first few people we've interviewed, Rip, your name came up quite often and with your background in training. And and uh, welcome to the to the show. So uh, I don't know, where, where did your... Connection to trees. My, my journey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. My well. journey to trees. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, it's good. Uh, you know, it's pretty interesting. And by the way, hi, Dwayne. Hi, Tony. Nice to see you guys. It's good been a while. Um, yeah. But, uh, geez, you know, myself, uh, without getting too into it, I had been gone through a period of my life where I was probably not the most productive person in the world, shall we say. I was enjoying myself a lot. Uh, doing a lot of traveling. and uh, But, uh, you know, as a kid, I never had a job inside. I always, you know, whatever, uh, during summers, and then as I got to be, you know, a teenager during the summer in school, I, I always worked outside, you know, started out, you know, uh, working for a, a farmer, local farmer that worked on a golf course for a number of years, you know, worked for some landscapers. So, you know, I'm just one of these kids who, before they... Uh, uh, did all these tests on, you know, your aptitude and things like that. I was definitely one of these kids who was in school most of the time lost and staring out the window, I think, because I was usually, uh, uh, you know, I'd lost the gist of what the, the teacher was saying. But, um, uh, you know, I, I had been living out west and traveling around the country a lot and needed to get my act together. And I uh, asked, I, I literally, I called my parents. So at this point, I'm about 20 three, 23 and a half, something like that. And I called my parents and asked them if I could, you know, by at this point, they lived outside of Boston, asked them if I could come stay with them for a while while I literally clean myself up. And, um, you know, they were fine with that. And I, I came back East and, uh, you know, I, I knew a guy locally, he had a, he had a landscape company and he gave me a job and, you know, I just got into it heavily and, you know, worked for him for a couple of years. And, one of the things we did not do tree work, you know, so we would subcontract it from a tree company, the next town over. And, um, but as time went on, you know, of course, working landscaping and up in the Northeast, you know, a lot of times the winter was plowing snow. Um, as time went on though, I started talking to my boss and saying, you know, we, we could, uh, you know, we could do some of these small tree jobs. We ought to get a chipper. So we, we got a small brush chipper. And then when we would subcontract the, that company, we would just bring in a couple of climbers, you know, and so I was the ground guy and yeah. um, I dragged brush. I fed the chippers, learned to run ropes a little. And, uh, you know, after a while I started thinking, you know, I wonder, maybe I'd like to try this tree climbing stuff. It kind of looks cool. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I told my boss and he's like, he's like, Hey, go for it. He was always good about that, you know? And so I actually went to work for that company for a year or two um, and learned to climb. And uh, it didn't take long till I realized that uh, this was really what I wanted to and should be doing. Um, wow. 
you know, admittedly back then, of course, very old school. This, so this is, you know, probably 1985, maybe 86, um, around there. And, uh, you know, I learned to climb, but, but at the same time, it was, it was dicey a lot. I mean, you know, pre-climbing was the norm and, you know, lanyard, you know, at any rate, but, um, I, uh, you know, after a while, my boss actually had, uh, you know, he is going through some problems with his, his, his marriage and doing too many drugs. And I was like, this is the last thing I need to be near again. And, uh, you know, so at that point I whacked, actually went back to work for my old boss and he said, well, listen, I don't have tree work all the time, but I'll pay you this rate if you're doing landscaping, I'll pay you, you know, practically twice as much if you're climbing for me. And so I was like, yeah, okay. And that was good, but it just didn't take long till I realized I, I wanted to climb all the time. I didn't really want to do, uh, you know, the stonework, the masonry, uh, you know, all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of how it started. And then I started my own small tree company in uh, Western Massachusetts. That had been about 1987. And, you know, uh, that's where things Rip started. Up. I mean, I can keep going, but, or. Well, you no, to... good, uh, Rip, I'm curious what you remember, like what was your first, you know, as far as climbing equipment goes, like if you compare it obviously to now, it's yeah. quite different, but what, what was your first harness or your first rope or not you use so, or anything? Uh, yeah, my first, basically the funny thing was, so I fortunate enough by, by the time I started synthetic, Climbing lines were, you know, in use. So I didn't have to climb on three-strand Manila. And uh, by then, you know, uh, Samson had come out with Arborplex and New England had come out with Safety Blue. And, uh, you know, my boss said, well, look, here's one of each. Try it. Whichever one you like, you can use. And, of course, I picked the Safety Blue. Um, I liked it more. But um, And I had a, an old, what I'd call a suicide saddle, you know, a, a, an old safety test. Um yeah. You know, no leg straps, butt strap, you know, two D-rings, uh, you know, just totally very, you know, very rudimentary. And, you know, you'd have a big one of those monster hand saws and, uh, <laughs> a, you know, a really yeah. crappy lanyard. And and that was about it. Um, so, yeah, it was not not uh, not very fancy back then. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of us can relate to that for sure. Yeah. So, um you know, how would you, how, how had the, the training like start into it for you? Like, where did that, where did it, you know, and I, I know, I know it's been a big part of your career in, in life, but, but how did that all get started for you? Well, let's see. So, you know, probably one of the most important things was, uh, you know, as I got involved working for initially Lincoln Tree Service, but then, you know, I started Barkbusters, was I got involved with the Massachusetts Arborist Association which was an old association, you know, they had their own certification program long before ISA did. And, you know, they would have dinner meetings and educational opportunities. Cause of course I had never gone to school for arboriculture and, yeah. um, you know, that's where I started learning more and, you know, get to meet other guys. Um, and I became a Massachusetts certified arborist and, you know, every year, the best event they held every year was our Arbor day event which, you know, was the usually the last Saturday. I think they do it now on Friday, but the last Saturday of, uh, of uh, April. And, uh, you know, anywhere from two to 300 guys from different companies from around the, you know, generally Eastern Mass would get together and do free work at some needy site, usually a park or a zoo or one of those things. And, and of course, this is 
stuff that, you know, nowadays, obviously, I mean, come on, we're, we're going to talk and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people could listen to it. You know, back then, of course, there was no internet, there were no cell phones, everything was word of mouth, um, yeah. you know, or through the grapevine. So, you know, really, we were very limited to what we could learn to the people we worked with. Um, yeah. You know, and that could be good or bad, right? <laughs> You, you know how it is. You hear a lot of guys, well, this guy's got 40 years of experience. It's like, well, that doesn't mean it's all good experience, does it? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, I'm, and that's the thing. I mean, the guys I learned with, you know, from were generally, they were trying to be safe. But again, we just, safety wasn't as important. But um, I, uh, you know, the thing I loved about the Arbor Day event was I got to see other guys climb and, you know, rub elbows with other guys from other companies. And, you know, so that was a kind of a cool thing. And one year, uh, so this must be like 1989, maybe ni- 1990, I had uh, done my, my job in the morning and uh, came down. And, you know, after you're done working, I could you know wander around and look at other guys climb. And um, I, I walked to the other side of the park and I realized that there was this tree climbing competition going on. So it's like, hmm, what's this? I didn't even know they existed, you know. And uh, that was when I first, uh, A, met Ken Palmer, but B, uh, you know, I saw that there was climbing competitions and it was like, oh yeah, you can, you can enter. And so I thought, well, what the heck, next year I'll come give it a try. And so in those days, the New England chapter of ISA did their tree climbing competition in conjunction with the MAA's Arbor Day. And um, so, you know, it was kind of cool. And at any rate, I, um, I know I'm making this long winded, but it's kind of this is how it all kind of came around to it was getting introduced to the climbing competitions. And of course, I, you know, I went back home and I, I, you know, because I watched a little bit of the end of the competition. I went back home and uh, thought, well, I can practice next year a little bit. You know, I taught myself to footlock, you know, I had never footlocked, never even really seen it. And, um, (laughs) you know, things like troll line were while we had throw line, didn't really understand the the real way it could be used to its maximum potential. Um, right. But, uh, you know, so I came back that next year and, and, and as I tell people, I said, I didn't win the event. I think I actually came third, which was amazing. But I said, I was a winner because of the things I saw that yeah. day and how other guys climbed and other guys, you know, obviously Ken had already won the, uh, on, well, actually, no, he had, he actually, he won it that year so he hadn't won it yet but he had been competing in the international or the the national yeah. the north american in those days i'd say yeah. really because it was u.s and canada um yeah. Yeah. but uh you know and then there was uh, some other good climbers and uh you know so i thought well you know what i, I learned some good stuff today i'm going to go back and practice you know and really you know next year and then and actually so that was 1991 ken went on to win that year um but then the next year in 92 uh, at back at the New Englands, I, I came and competed and I beat him. And of course, you know, you know how it is. Uh, Ken will tell you, well, you know, I already had an invite back to the, you know, cause I was the former champion, but it's like, right, anybody right, who right. knows Ken knows Ken doesn't come to compete and not win, you know? So that, 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 that didn't really hold a lot of water to me afterwards, but, uh, and then I went, you know, I got, went to the international and, um, you know, so that got involved in the competition that's when I met Bob Weber. And, you know, in, at, at this point, you know, Bob Weber and, and, and uh, he had won already and and uh, he won his second time in 92. 
And, uh, you know, of course, Ken would win a couple more. But those guys started, you know, being asked to, to do, you know, seminars, I'm going to call them. Really, yeah. I used to call it the wow effect show. You know, it was more coming in and do, you know, do, do big rigging stuff and, you know, some showing off some climbing things. And, and of course, this is really when, uh, you know, Bob had some rock climbing experience rock climbing and assist climbing background. So he really started bringing in a little bit of this equipment. Cause I remember the first time I saw him use the Gibbs ascender for a lanyard, it was like, Oh my God, you got one of those. I literally, I bought one from him that day because you know, I've been using the old adjustable pressic thing, which is horrific, you know, gets dumbed. It was horrible. And, you know, but little things like that were kind of the beginning of this, yeah. um, entry into, you know, new, newer equipment from high angle rescue and rock climbing and things like that into, into our industry. And, um, you know, of course the use of the pressic loop for fall protection and, you know, any yeah. other number of things. And, uh, so, you know, that, that's kind of, uh, how, you know, I started meeting those guys and, and again, those guys were initially doing, you know, really, I would call it more seminar format, large groups, which is, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a good way to expose a lot of people to a lot of things. But, um, you know, all along we uh, and really it was kind of the three of us there for a while all along. We really kind of wanted to try to get, you know, people out of the work out of the work day and do some real hands on training. Because, of course, historically, I think, you know, training in our industry was always hands you know on the job training, which, yeah. you know, sounds good. But come on, let's face it. Most of the time, it's like, okay, we're getting the job done. And oh, by the way, if you can learn a little bit along the way, you know, that's a great thing, which, which could be. But, it, you know, most company owners weren't going to like say, all right, we're, we're going to take the day off today and, you know, not produce and not make money. You're going to go out and get trained. I mean, it just really wasn't done. And that, that was the concept that, you know, we kind of all could see because, of course, we could see there was, you know, high risk in the, in the, in the work we're doing. And, uh, you know, and, and of course, these guys had, you know, especially I would say Bob, especially, but, then, you know, Ken, they, you know, had a lot of, you know, again, newer techniques, newer equipment was starting to, you know, become integrated into our, um, into our yeah. industry. Yeah. And so I kind of tagged along initially, you know, and, uh, um, and of course, not long thereafter, you know, there was the, really the formation of Arbor Master, which was in 1995. And initially, Bob was one of the, the three of us were going to do it together. And then we got connected through, through uh, Steve Wood at Husqvarna with Tim Ard and, you know, Tim yeah. and Soren a little bit, but, you know, Tim was more involved really from that aspect. And, um, but, you know, it didn't take long before Bob was like, yeah, you know what? I, I don't want to do all this traveling. And, and, you know, Bob is a really smart guy, very knowledgeable as, as you guys know, but I've never seen any guy, somebody who beat himself up more to prepare for a presentation I mean, the poor wow. guy would stay up all night long in the hotel room with he'd have he'd have slides just covering all the beds and the floors and everything, you know, preparing, preparing. And it's like, dude, you need to get some sleep, you know, <laughs> you're going to be on stage tomorrow. But, uh, you know, obviously very, very bright guy. But um, anyway, well, that, that's know, it all got started. Yeah. And, you're, you know, really, when you think about it, I, I'm, I'm sure you're well aware of this, but, you know, you you the three of you, and, and you were a major part of it, you know, as Bob, you know, kind of moved on to pursue his own thing and, you know, unaware of what, you know, the, the growth that Arbor Master would experience. And you were there for that whole ride. And really, you know, 
the the revolution, if you will, the the, the arbor culture revolution, uh, you know, that time frame, I don't know, I would say 95, 97 till, I, I don't know where, I would put it till like about 05 was like probably one of the most revolutionary time frames in arbor culture that still exists today. Uh, and what was mm-hmm. it like from your perspective? I mean, you were right, you were... You were you were so much a part of that. It's ridiculous. Like you've seen yeah. a lot, like from homemade stuff to it getting manufactured, built, to, and yeah. and coming up with all of that, and and the impact that's had on the industry. Like, how do you process all that as being so yeah. close to that? Well, you know what, Dwayne, I look at it this way. I was a really lucky guy. Uh, you know, I got to meet a lot of knowledgeable people. Getting able to go over to Europe and compete there, but also rub elbows with some of those guys. And you had Francois de Seine and Frédéric Matès, uh-huh. you know, and I mean, they were, they were making, you know, started out, you know, with, with Comet and, you know, making harnesses. And of course, Francois had a rock climbing background. So, you know, the introduction of, of even newer and different climbing hitches. I mean, come on, we all grew up with some variation of the taut line hitch. I mean, I started with a, I don't know, you know, it was just like, we called it a speed knot, you know, it's a one over two. And um, which, you know, probably wouldn't even be allowed today, but it worked, uh, you know, and I, I really I, I just think back that, uh, you know, I've been lucky. I've met a lot of knowledgeable people and, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to learn from them. And uh, that's kind of what made me feel good about doing the training, um, because I was like, you know what, I, if I can give back and I can help somebody else. And of course, I had no formal not training in, as far as how to be an instructor. I, yeah. I didn't go to school for that. I didn't know. I, you know, I just tried to, to do the best I could and tried to, I don't know. I, you know, I, I learned again, I learned from people like Ken and Tim Ard a number of things. But it's interesting. You know, you learn and you watch other people do things. And what I really wanted to do is I wanted to kind of create my own technique to teach, um, mm-hmm. which yeah, I tried to do, you know, and again, I had no training in how to do it. And so I, you know, I might not pass some of your courses as far as uh, the, the training, oh. but I, I felt I could connect to people. So, you know, Absolutely. that felt like a good thing. Um, I don't know. I always felt like I, I because I didn't feel I was, like I was anybody special. I just felt like, you know, I'm one of the guys who's been lucky. And, hey, if I can share that with others, then then that's a good thing. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, it, it, it was amazing to see all this change. I mean, come on, it's happening so fast. And because, as you know, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're in one place and you're seeing people who a lot of people are incorporating new equipment and techniques into their into their uh, climbing kit. And then you go somewhere else and it's like, these guys have seen none of this. So it's like, you know, kids at the candy store on Christmas morning, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, so of course, that was always nice when you could, uh, you know, expose people and you could see how, you know, they could see how it could change the way they worked. Um, You know, and and of course, I think as as you guys, you know, both of you have been involved in this agree is like, you know, as I said, there's a lot of potential risk in the work we do. Um, And so if we could get people to, you know realize that the most important thing they do each day is go home at the end of the day. And, you know, uh, that, then, then you felt like you were doing something good. Um, I'm sure this happened. Yeah. I always think of the, you know, I learned the acronym C 
you know, as part of my time with Arbor Master and, and uh, which I, you know, look back on with great fondness and, you know, it, it was a, a valuable, well, it, I, it, and meeting you was always, was very positive for me, but the C acronym, you know, that it, I still use it often today, you know, sure. it, it, Absolutely. It, it, what you're kind of talking about, right? You know, yeah. Do you know where that, like how that was conceived exactly? Like I, I never heard a whole story of where that came from. Yeah. You know, well, again, uh, that, that was some, somehow that came up, you know, with, with probably with Bob and Ken and I, uh, you know, and Bob, I think was, Bob may have been the first one about hope too. That may be, you know, one of his ideas of the, the you know, the hazards obstacles planning equipment thing, but I think, you know, somehow there was a brainstorm thing going on with maybe with all of us. Uh, I, I honestly, you know, I don't remember. I can't remember that, you know, hey, it happened this day. But I'm with you. I still refer to that all the time because it's still, I mean, come on, these days, right? The, the newest, latest gear, I mean, it's just off the charts. It's, yeah. you know, uh, and uh, but here again, it's like, I don't know. You know, I always used to say, you know, it's good to learn to drive a VW before you get it behind the wheel of a Porsche. And, yeah. uh, you know, but a lot of these kids these days, they wouldn't know what to do in a VW. I mean, you know, again, they, they start out with, you know, a, a um, you know, fancy equipment, fancy devices. I mean, again, if they what happens if they didn't have that in the tree, they you know, they'd be kind of lost. And I still think and that was obviously why a lot of our premise was that you know, to build a good, strong foundation, uh, you know, you need to start kind of with the more basic stuff and then build on it. And Right. Um, you know, Rip, that's an interesting comment. We've It's been a common theme and everyone we've had on the show so far has has commented about that and about the, you know, you know, we've made reference to the to the Arbor Culture Revolution of the of the you know nineties, late nineties into the early two thousands, but it it seems to have gone into a whole nother realm of almost uh, uh, you know what's newest and shiniest just for the change for the sake of change, you know, rather than and then and 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 we agree totally, and you know, I don't know if it's always just the old guys on the soapbox here, but it's like. You know, guys that don't even know MRS from SRS, all they that SRS is all there is, and right, you know right. it's got to be the newest termination. And yeah, you know, canopy basal anchors, all there. You know, it just yep. how is uh, you know, you know what? How do you explain that, or or it, try to explain to someone getting into it the significance of like you're saying the basics is it safer is it easier is it more efficient right. using that criteria in your development of integrating new things how do you um uh, i guess uh, explain or justify that to someone that new in the industry you know it's a question right. tony you know you and i ask often right no and and you're right because <laughs> It's it's so easy that everybody's blinded by you know the the newest latest gizmos and gadgets and yeah. But how come, Rip? Why is that? Do you think what's happening? Well, I don't. I I, I guess it has to do with some what maybe of our just uh, where our society's gone. I mean, come on. Now look at uh, here again. I mean, I mean, I don't know the internet. Well, <laughs> what um, half the half the guys want to be make become famous because they're on YouTube or something like that. So yeah. it. Uh, I just, uh, I'm, anyway, I, I don't know. It's it, that's a, it's a hard one to, to yeah. really grasp. But I just try to go back to my own experiences, and 
you know, and say, hey, you know, uh, you know, all that stuff's great. But and here again, you know, you mentioned C again, because a lot of this stuff that's going on now doesn't really jive with safer, no. easier, more efficient. Oh, yeah, maybe more efficient. Um, but and and do you really know, you know, how to use this thing properly? I mean, yeah, you, you see, see a lot of guys, they, they've got all this equipment and they don't even really know what to do with it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and. Uh, I don't know. I, I, and I just, I try to use my own experiences, you know, and it's like the whole thing about, Oh man, you use MRS. You're that's old school. It's like, well, okay. If that's, if that's how you call it, that's fine. But you know what, what I use is what I think is the best, you know, system for each given situation. And, you know, in a lot of cases, yes, working on a stationary rope is great, but I'm in my mid sixties. I'm not doing 40 foot limb walks down way down out on a limb and hauling myself back in, you know, on a, on a stationary rope. Cause I don't find it as efficient. Um, exactly. So, you know, to me, it's like when people ask me what I use is a, Hey, I use a combination. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time other than, you know, a tree where you could climb the limbs from the ground that I didn't go up on a stationary rope. Uh, but more often than not, I go up on that change over to a moving rope, most of the time I'll use a combination, you know, sometimes I'll have two stationary ropes and a moving rope in a big tree. So, you know, using yeah. a combination of things are just what I feel is, is the best, but also just trying to keep the safety thing thinking about that, because as you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of potential newer risks with, you know, setting lines, you know, you know, especially doing base anchors and, you yeah. know, do got, I mean, you know, we're, we're trusting tree limbs that, uh, you know, we don't know what the strength of them is. As you know, this has been one of our, you know, big yeah. issues. It's not like we're climbing on a, uh, on a building that's been specified by engineers to be of a certain strength and this and that, you know, we're relying on our, 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 you know, doing a good inspection or as best as we can and our knowledge of different trees and their species. And, you know, and I mean, more and more, right. We got, we're working in trees that are nasty and, uh, yeah. You know, the, you know, I mentioned before, I said, you know, there's a lot of potential risk in the work we do. Yeah. The, the, the big difference, as you know, is, you know, how do you want to go about doing your work? You want to take additional risk because of the way you work or do you want to work safely? And, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm still rooting for, you know, I want to go home at the end of the day. And so <laughs> if I can share that with people and, and it make it, you know, impress that upon them, that's the best I can do. Um, you know, I was, I was going to mention earlier, but I'm sure this happens to you, you know, and especially now we haven't had a lot of shows for a couple of years with COVID yeah. and everything, but you know, you go to some of these shows and my gosh, guys walk up to you. Oh, you don't remember me, but you know, 27 years ago in Australia, you were, or whatever it's like, yeah. but you know, it makes you feel good. Right. When guys are like, yeah. you made an impact on me. And so, you know, I'm like yeah. that. And that's really what it's all about. Um, as I yeah. said, it kind of comes back to me. I always felt like, you know, it's like with the climbing competition. I don't know. You know, I was lucky. I, I won one year. I didn't need to win anymore. It didn't, I didn't need to prove anything to anybody else. Um, I was fortunate. Some of the things, the doors that that opened for me. And, yeah. uh, you know, so it's like I wanted to give back. And so, you know, for better or for worse, I'm still doing this. Um, well, but I love that. I can't, I can't think of anyone – you know, there's there's not a lot that have given as much as you and that have continued to do so. You know, your your dedication. I, I just want to say I've always admired your dedication to 
not just the industry, but the people in the industry, you know, not just the trees, but the tree people. And, and, you know, you are, a, you're a giant in the human forest as far as I'm concerned. And not, not, not just like stroking you here. Like you continue to give of your time, of your resources to, for the betterment of others. And, you know, there's always a selfish aspect in what we do. I mean, I know you love it too. So it's not like you're, yeah. it's not like you're out there hating what you're doing and it's some labor that you have to fulfill. Like you're getting joy from it. And, and that is, I think what's evident. And, and it's something that, you know, how do you feel that trees, you know, and being a tree person as you have been your, you know, a, a large part of your life, you know, you know, how has being <clears throat> all right? Tree, I'll, I'll, I'll cut okay. to the chase, Dwayne. Trees <laughs> saved my life in okay. a lot of ways. Trees saved my life. You know, I as I said, I mean, I didn't really have a lot of purpose for a long time, and um, you know, when I found trees, I was like, I realized, all right, you know, I I need to put this part of my life in the in the rearview mirror, and and like you said, I mean, I don't know, and I just feel lucky. I go to we go to work every day. We're doing something we love. I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of people who can say that. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who slog through work. They may make boatloads of money, but they're not happy going to going to work. I mean, you know, I can't. It's hard. You guys are lucky. I'm sitting in my office for an hour and whatever it is going to be today. That doesn't happen often because usually I'm, <laughs> I'm looking out the window going, yeah, I, mean, I think there's something I could be doing out there that would be better than sitting in here. I'm, yeah. I'm looking here. I've got people writing me. Uh, you know, texts and emails saying, oh, yeah, the, the work you did is great, but can you send me a bill? Uh, you know, I'm so <laughs> bad about billing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, I, I'm, I feel blessed to have found trees. And, you know, obviously the people we've met, Alex Shigo, others, yeah. you know, huge, um, you know, some, a lot of the, the giants of our industry. And, and as I say, I mean, you know, I didn't go to school for any of this, I, you know, looking back, I, I wish I had known earlier because I would have loved to have gone to UMass would have been a great experience, but right. you, you know, it wasn't to be, I mean, I, uh, you know, but uh, getting to go in different conferences, the people we meet and um, you know, that that's been a great experience. And, you know, and like I said, I've had been very fortunate. Um, well, Rip, you've been part of the training industry for a yeah. large part of your career. And, and, you know, the traveling, you know, you know, I'm, I'm well aware of it. I've, I've done a lot of it myself, but we're, you know, and I feel very similarly blessed and fortunate and lucky, you know, to be on committees and to rub elbows with, you know, Shigo, Kim Coders with, uh, you know, Gilman with, you name it, right. They're, they're Don Blair with you, with Ken, with, you know, the, that all, everybody brought an element, a different view, a perspective. And if you have ears to hear and you're open to learn and listen, which I've always seen in you, you yep. know, you, your education has been ongoing and it's never ended. You know, you know, you don't have to go to school to get that. And and, uh, you know, it's evident in your, you know, your your humility, I think, would be the word to describe it. You know, aware of our ourselves, you know, I think is one way that humility mm. is described. But um you know, you, you you have you've said a couple times that that trees saved your life, and I I don't want to get you know, too personal, but I'm just like that's a pretty major statement. Like in in what way would you say that it happened? Like how did that? Was it an inspiration? Was it like? Is there a way to that you could define how they saved your life? Well, 
I, I guess I kind of go back to the, the somewhat dis, I'm going to call it destructive lifestyle I had before okay. I, you know, decided I need to clean my act up and, uh, you know, I don't need to do, uh, you know, get into specifics. But yeah, no, absolutely not. Well, yeah. I was, you know, <laughs> traveling around predominantly with the Grateful Dead and, you know, partying way too much. And, uh, you know, I was, I was right on the edge. I was yeah. living in the, in the dumps in San Francisco in these just scungy hotels, uh, you know, and uh, I could have very easily gone down over that cliff. I have a lot of yeah. guys who were my friends. They're long gone, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I guess it was that is that, uh, you know, because it's like anybody, you know, whether you, if you have a drinking problem or a drug problem, et cetera, et cetera, you know, you may try to clean yourself up, but it, it, it's very easy to go back, you know, to yeah. fall back yeah. into bad ways. And so when I say that it saved my life, it was just that, you know, I found something that I could really sink my teeth into. Um, and, you know, I, you know, because it's funny, again, I, I wasn't doing any real labor work. But then when I went to work for for this guy, I couldn't, if he had let me work every day of the week, I would have, you know, I mean, seven days, I, I just, I just got into it. And, um, you know, and so I, I think that's really kind of what I'm meaning is, is that I found some purpose in my life. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, while I wouldn't, give up what I had done before. I mean, I have some of the experiences again, that's just, that's a, for another day, another time, some of the stories, <laughs> some of the people I met and hung out with, you know, uh, pretty amazing. But again, I was, I was wrecking myself. So that's kind yeah. of what I mean, might mean by that is just that, it, you, I know, I found, it. you know, again, not, not only could provide a living, but uh, you know, I was enjoying doing and, you know, of course being outside and, I mean, come on, you know, probably when I was a kid, although I noticed trees, you know, I mean, coming now I have to be very, you know, we have to be careful, right? Driving is like, I got to keep my eyes on the road because half the time, you know, you look at it, yeah. oh man, that looks like a great, you know, very easy to look at. Uh, yeah, anyway, you know, anybody you know, that's an artist knows what you're talking uh, about for yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, being able to, again, you know, being able to, go out west and climb sequoias and redwoods that i've been fortunate to get to do a lot of it's yeah, you know, yeah. that's just you know well rip I, I appreciate your honesty and and you know your vulnerability because it's not easy and you know and i you know i'm well aware or no stranger to the the journey of recovery and and uh you know i'm well on my way you know to to a new chapter for my life too but i'm i you know you bring up it, 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 you know, I think we all are aware and, and I don't know how much it does get talked about. And, uh, you know, I don't want to make this about that part of the industry, but, you know, you've mentioned it a couple of times. We all know that it's a very dangerous, you know, potential, a lot of risks. There is a lot of fatality, you know, and, and there is that side to it that, you know, we haven't, you know, we're, we've brought some awareness to, and, you know, Pete's death definitely brought awareness to that, that yeah. the, the death danger part but there's another side to it that we don't want to think about. I think that that doesn't necessarily get as much attention. And maybe we haven't gone here before in this in this podcast. But um, you know, I, I the you know I think it's fair to say arborists have addictive personalities, and when we can channel that into something positive and strong, and the the power that physical labor has on our mental health and and what that does to and you can channel your energies and focus into an addiction that's positive you know mm. and and i think and and 
You know, I think for me, it's something that's becoming something that maybe, I don't know how it should be brought up, but maybe you, I'm curious what your thoughts would be on that as far as the inspiration that maybe some of us could be in our later years to to the next generation of that. Don referenced it as well a little bit. And he said, these young kids aren't just addicted to SRS and shiny gear. I think they're addicted to some other things too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what, what is a, you know, is there an opportunity in the industry to, to, to address that or does it get addressed enough? Do you think? Yeah. I'm not sure. You know, it's a good question. Uh, you know, obviously I think of, well, you, you probably get asked this all the time about, you know, are, are climbers a dying breed, right? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, with all the new equipment, uh, obviously there's, there's still work for climbers out there, but as you know, I mean, finding good help is right. All the travels, yeah. all the travels we've done is probably the number one thing we've heard with from people. It's yeah. hard to find good help. And I mean, you know, at least in, in the U S here, I mean, a lot of people mumble and grumble, you know, we got all these uh, Hispanics working here. It's like, well, you know what? Well, there's a lot of, un I hate to say this, but there's a lot of young white kids who don't want to work hard. They don't, yeah. you know, they, Maybe they've been very fortunate and they've grown up with, you know, uh, things that not all of us had growing up. But, uh, you know, the, I, I think there's obviously a lot of good opportunities for, for kids who aren't, you know, aren't going to go the books, uh, the book route or whatever. But yeah. it's uh, a lot of them just don't want to put in the sweat that it, that it takes to, to be good, which I think is a shame. Um, you know, I, I'd like to think that we can, you know, continue to try to set a good example I mean, you know, because you brought up, as we've said, you know, there is a lot of risk in the industry. And, you know, we'd like to think we've done a, you know, made an impact on people. And I yep. know we have. At the same time, we we can continue to look at the statistics and it's demoralizing sometimes, is it? Because you think, yeah. oh, gosh, you know, there's still way too many people out there getting hurt and getting killed. And, you know, just, again, taking way too much risk. Yeah. And it, it, it's. Uh, that that's a that's that's a hard one a lot of the times so you let, you think man i know we're making or, or we've made some difference but why does it seem like we're just swimming against the tide and um yeah. it's 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 a hard one so you know i i guess back to your question i'm, I'm i i hope we can continue to you know and I, as i keep saying i just keep trying to tell people back to my own you know the way I, you know, what I've learned, what way I am and that, you know, this is um, working for me and um, that, you know, again, don't take any, you know, don't take any unnecessary risks if you don't have to. There's, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I don't feel safe climbing this tree. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, as we know, there's usually always somebody out there who will um, and they'll, <laughs> they'll take that additional risk. And it, it's just a shame because, you know, there are, there are plenty of trees that shouldn't be climbed. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a challenge though. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Rip that, you know, that theme of, you know, like your story of, you know, tree work basically saving you and saving your life from human direction. I hear that all the time, you know, from, yeah. from many people, there's something about the industry. I think, that draws that type of person to it or when that person stumbles into it. Cause typically they fall into it. Like sure. it didn't sure. need to. And I know even from my own story, it's like, well, I didn't have addiction problems or anything. When I got out of the military, what I really, what I needed was a tribe. I needed a community. Yeah. And I found that in arboriculture. 
you know, and, yeah. and I, and I've, I don't know if there's any other industry that has such a culture that where it's so, so closely knit. I mean, they're very small circles in arboriculture for being a small to medium sized industry. Right. And, right. you know, and that ability, but I, I, I see that again and again, and there's something about tree work. I think part of it is the physical labor of it. The, you know, it's hard to do anything else after six o'clock when you've just worked your ass off all day. Yeah. Just, when you're falling asleep in a mashed potatoes, you know, there's <laughs> only so many beers you can drink, you know, uh, it's just no. the way it goes. I think there's that of it. I think just, you know, as I get a little older, I start to think, you know, what are the healing powers of trees? And, uh, you know, there's just something about working on something like that, that you really, yeah. really start to appreciate and, and the good you can do with it. And I find it a little disconcerting, you know, like the big social media craze, you know, if you oh, get yeah. on Instagram, all you see is guys taking down trees. It's like arbor culture is so just, much more than that. As, as you were saying this, I was just thinking about how, you Same. know what, if I never took down another tree, oh, I'd be I fine. See. The I best, all the the time. best things is, is, you know, doing some nice work on a tree and being able to drive by it all the time. And, you know, like this guy who sent me the text yesterday is like, Oh yeah, we've had a bunch of storms and gosh, not one limb came out of the tree or whatever. You did such a great job. And it's like, boom, right there. And, and like kind of to your point of, uh, you know, there's, I think a reciprocal thing, you know, we, Mm -hmm. we're doing something good for the trees, but it's also given something back to us. Uh, At least I feel it is. I do Um, believe. I mean, you know, years ago when I was younger, I would call it a pre-climb inspection. Now I walk up and ask permission. Yeah. You know? yeah. And no. you know, when the tree says no, you look up there and go, man, I ain't climbing that thing. That's the tree saying, no, no, yeah. no, you know? no, no, you're, you're absolutely but I, there right. is definitely. And I, and I think it's, I've been around long enough and have talked to enough people in my own stories, my own experiences. There's more to it than just coincidence. There's something about the career of arboriculture when you, when you work at it for a certain amount of time and stick with it for a certain amount of time that is healing. And I think people fall into it, you know, and, and they find that healing power. And I really don't know if, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've never run into anybody said, yeah, I got that factory job and man, that was the best thing ever. I changed my life. You know, I, I don't run into that very often. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, at the same time, I think there's a lot of people who do tree work who maybe haven't gotten to the point where we have, who aren't, you know, it's a job, you know, yeah. to a lot of people. But I think there, again, there is a core about, you know, like you talk about the tribe and maybe that's what it is, is we've kind of a, got attracted to other people like us. You know, we like to hang around with them because we all kind of have a lot of those similar feelings and similar experiences or, um, yeah, yeah. no, no, it's, yeah. it's, uh, pretty, yeah, I mean, how- special. Yeah. I mean, how many times you you mentioned you do tree work for a living and there's always somebody in crowd. Oh yeah. I used to do tree work. You know, right? Oh yeah. I used to do brain surgery, you know, I don't <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. but exactly. it, it is definitely a common and you're right. There's people that get into it and it's just a paycheck, but I find that they don't tend to, it's no. too hard of a dollar to stick around long. And I've yeah. always, you know, I've always found it amazing. Like there's amazing that, you know, you'd, you'd never start a tree company to make money. Sure. You can earn a living and make money doing the work. That's, that's fine. And you can raise right. a family and I've done that. You've done that. Dwayne's done that. But if you're looking to get rich, man, there's far easier dollars. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, you got, yeah. you got to love this. And that's why, you know, it, it, it just, I just find it. Um, sometimes that's how you can separate the wheat from the shaft. Sometimes it's like mm. when the guy comes to you and he's only concerned about his paycheck, it's like, I tell you what, maybe, maybe this just, this isn't your line of work. You're just going to yeah. get hurt. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. And it may, yeah. you know, it isn't, you know, I, it isn't just that it's, it's not easy or, you know, there is easier ways to make money, I suppose, but 
you know, when you, you know, that whole saying, when you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And I, you know, I, I think, you know, not necessarily everybody's going to fall in love with the trees like, like we have, or many of the people we know have, but there certainly seems to be, you know, you, you know, you, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but you, you'll, you'll know within a short order of a guy starting in a bit company, you know, we'd hire a guy and it's either he, he's going to be there. Or he's not. And, and most guys, when they, you know, we'd call it getting bit by the tree bug or whatever, they're, it, they end up, it gets you for life, you know, and we all know people that that's happened to, of course, we're, we're some of them, but it's not for everybody and everyone has their own thing too. And that that's okay. But even though it's, there might be easier, better ways. And we say, well, it's not the easiest way to make a living, but man, what a great way to make a living when you fall in love with it, with anything really. Right. And, uh, we're certainly in that camp and, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for, like all of us falling into it completely by accident. Like I know, you know, if I think to my journey of how I got into trees, it's just bizarre. It must've been meant to be, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I didn't get, I, I guess I'll have to listen to your podcast, mm -hmm. right? You guys talk about that stuff. Yeah. How it, how it, you guys came into it or things like that. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I know Guilt you don't shame. need to pick up all this time, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready to listen. <laughs> <laughs> but no it's it's uh it is, yeah. it is fun and i and i and i find too when you get to get back to training that i find the people that make the best trainers in this industry are the people that fell into it and were well saved by it for lack of a better term yeah, right? yeah. That, you know changed them somehow fundamentally because then it does become that giving back and i mean rip you were in in my training career you were instrumental in in instilling that attitude in me that it's it was you know i think i attended a Arbor master training course would have been 96 or 97 um rest in virginia with keith mm. keith panzer remember down there went yeah, down for course. that i and, remember it very well yeah and that's where i started and then moving up through there but it was always the you know of course you go to the training course pay to training course whatever that was my first formal training you know in arbor culture but the the unwritten thing was always look you guys would share with me everything you had and eventually it would be my time to give it back and you yeah. wouldn't know nobody could tell you when that time was you would just know Right. And, uh, and that was very much very prevalent in my first, you know, 15, 18 years with the tree climbing competition at the international level is it's like you get a job by hanging out yeah. long enough right. and then they either get tired of you and ask you not to come back <laughs> or um, they give you a job. And then the, the idea was that they and then you, and then you would eventually get the opportunity to pass that back on. And I, I mean, through the climbing, well, through that course at Arbor Master, that's when I met you. And then I volunteered for my first ITCC was in Baltimore in 2000. Nice. And because I knew you and Ken, I'm like, I'm just showing up. I asked yeah. my brother, as working with my brother, said, Hey, can I have, can I just take the Friday or something off? He's like, sure. I'll even pay you. I'm like, Whoa, win, win. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I drove two hours down to Baltimore. I'm like, Hey Rip, here I am. And you're like, Oh, Hey, it's Tony. And I don't know. I think Peter, Peter and I ended up deadwood in some trees somewhere. Or something. Yeah. And it was just in that, but you can draw a straight line from that to you know, how my career went, how that path went. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and I appreciate people like yourself who've, who've given back that that's, you know, that's always one of my things. I remember for a long time there, when I had the podium at the international or whatever, I was always trying to, you know, jab that little stick at some of those climbers who were climbing. And I was like, just remember all these guys who are out there putting this thing on for you, yeah. you know, when your days are over, you know, give back. So, you know, Many of us have, and uh, that's a good thing. We also know some who probably 
could have given back more than, you know, but that's okay. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to go there, but uh, yeah, no, it's, um, no, it's well, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the people who come out and, you know, are still, you know, giving of their time. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a good thing. It's just, you know, something kind of what goes around comes around. And, you, you know, even if you di- didn't, you know, as I said, it was like my first competition. I didn't win, but I was a winner just because of the things I learned, the people I met. And, you know, that's, I always try to keep telling that to younger climbers who are saying, you know, they want to compete. It's like compete, but enjoy yourself. You're going to learn something. You're going to make some new friends. So, you know, even if you don't win, just don't go home with your head hanging. Yeah. Uh, try to make it into a positive thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, we haven't we haven't had uh, a, a lot of discussions about the tree climbing competition. I, I I'm curious, Rip, how you know the competition? You know, obviously was a part of your. It's still, you know, you know, before we started the talk, you're your head judge of the Europeans or one of the, yeah, I think the European championships. Yeah, yeah, and uh, no you, you know, you're still, it's hard to find a replacement. you're still out there giving back, you know, and how has the competition played a role in the development in the industry? And, and where's that headed? Do you think, where are we at with the way things are going with the comps and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that the comps have obviously been a major driver of innovation Absolutely. in the industry. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, even back before all the fanciest stuff, I mean, everybody, you know, back when you're competing long time, everybody's looking for a little edge and, you know, try out this or that. And, you know, so I I think that's been a major driver, Um, you know, in in a lot of the the new equipment, um, you know, and techniques, guys are, you know, using that uh, as as a driving force. Um, Yeah, you know, the competition, I mean, I think it's been great. You know, it could it use some sprucing up, probably. Um, you know, it just seems to be a hard and and it's a hard thing to do to find committed people who will put in a lot of time. It's uh, been you know that's the thing. I don't particularly need to be the head judge at the Euros. I'd like to just go help out. But the problem is, it's finding somebody who's willing to take over that, right. and it's uh, not not been easy over there. Um, I mean, we get plenty of people come and, and help out, but you know, to do to do that, it's just it's been a challenge. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I no doubt. Again, the, the climbing competition opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, you know, just well, not only because of the initial people I met, but obviously, you know, having some successes that o- opened some doors, and it's uh, I think it's generally been a good thing. It's um, you know, it's not not perfect. Uh, you know, it, it could probably, I don't know, it, it's, it's hard. I'm torn as to whether, you know, changing it totally or changing some of the events. It's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, that's a bit of a tough one. Um, well, we've, uh, we, we've, uh, we've had a, a couple of times we've asked, uh, what, you know, what, where, where is the industry at or what would you see as a need out there in the industry at this point? Like if there, there's so many new things and, and Tony's yeah. reference in the past, you know, innovation in the past, it's been our observation. And I agree with Tony that it's always solved the problem. You know, the footlock press solved the problem. We weren't, didn't have to yeah. free climb the rope. We did. It protected us from a fall, as you mentioned. Uh, where, what, what is, what what's a problem that needs solving that hasn't been invented yet 
out there in the industry would you think, mm. Rip? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, I kind of keep coming back. I don't know. Obviously, I haven't put a lot of thought into this. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I mean, we don't either. It's prob- okay. One problem we haven't solved is how to freaking get guys not to, you know, do dumb things. I hate to say it that way, but a lot of times that's what it is. It's like guys, you know, they're just young and brazen. Is it, is it a lack of understanding? Is it ignorance? Like what, what do you think fuels? Uh, It's probably a combination of a bunch of things because some of it is young and brazen, but also a lot of it is older and complacent, right? right? Been doing this for a long time. And you know, you, you know how it is. I mean, it's like, we always, I used to talk about, you know, those shortcuts and it's like, you don't need to impress me. You need to impress yourself. You need to, you know, you know, you can tell all the people you want that I do this, I do that, but you know, within your heart, when you're out there and you're working, are you doing things as safe as you could? Or are you taking those little shortcuts? You know, it's like the one handed cutting, uh, you know, yeah, as do it yep. and they do it and they get away with it and they get away with it. Then maybe one day they don't. Yep. Or, you know, back in the early days for me, it was, it was always, you know, like unclipping your lanyard up in the tree. Yeah. I mean, come on, did, did that all the time. And it's like, but now I, I have to say I'm ultra careful. Yeah. I, I've actually changed to climbing with two land. You know, I, I had the one long lanyard where I could use the back end yeah. if I needed, you know, for the secondary. Cause so often I'll use my, you know, my lanyard as a second short climbing line, you know, center point attachment, let it out. But, you know, then you get out on a limb and it's like, uh, you know, you'd like to have that additional security. So you could, you know, take the back end of your lanyard. But the problem with that is putting it back away was always such a pain. So, you know, I've actually taken to um, climbing with two, you know, so I've got two, both out of velocity, one's orange, one's blue, you know, and I've got one that's probably about 16, 17 feet maybe a little longer. And then when it's about seven or eight, yeah. you know, just a nice shorty. Yeah. But I find myself double lanyarding in sometimes when I'm changing over my, I don't know. It's just, you know, I'm just trying to be conscious of, cause as we know, it only takes once, you know, yeah. and um, you know, one little miss, one little, little misstep. And uh, I don't know, you know, that's obviously, I didn't mean to be mean by saying, you know, guys do dumb stuff, but it seems like, well, again, it comes down to risk and how much do you want to take? Yep. And, yeah. And uh, it, it's hard to get that across to a lot of guys. You know, they, and I think it, these are the, this is where you see companies that are really good is, you know, they'll start from the top down with this culture of you don't have to speak, you know, work too fast yeah. to get the job yeah. done. Be, you know, get, you'll get it done in the time you do. That's what's most important. Because, you know, we've all seen or heard or worked under, you know, foremen who are like, come on, guys, we got to get going, got to get going. You know, it's like, that's just a recipe for disaster. And um, you you hate to say it, but I think there's still plenty of that out there. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Rip. It's, uh, you know, I I guess you the term company culture or the culture or what's being, you know, the the video has got to match the audio. And, you know, there's a lot of, I, one of the things that really picks my butt, and I don't know if you relate to this or not, but there's, you know, well, in training, we do it this way, but then there's the real world of how it's done. Yeah. And it's oh, like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Uh, well, always one of the most, you know, the, uh, the things that, again, 
pick your butt, whatever pissed me off a lot is again, yeah, these guys who stand up there, they say one thing and then you watch him work. Yeah. And it's like, I always used to be like, dude, you're, what you do is a lot more important than what you say yeah. to these guys. Because mm-hmm. you say this and then you go up there and you do that and they see it. It's like, well, you might as well wait now wasted that time. Because the guys are like, well, what the hell? This is how he climbs. You know, why should I do it that way? And I think that that's a big part of what's wrong. I think there's there's somehow the culture, there's a prevalence to that. And I think maybe people don't appreciate or understand the power of influence that they have, not just within their circle or within the close people they work with, you know, but how that pervades. And it still is somewhat prevalent in the industry. And it's this... This dark culture that everyone, well, yeah, those guys are trainers and that's how they like to do things. But look, this is what we, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I don't think it's true because they're not everybody's like that. And the companies that you're referencing, yeah. there are companies that support that culture and do quite well and are, you know, Absolutely. leading. Edge, Absolutely. Right? And they, they, you notice them, they retain employees for a long time and, you know, guys <laughs> are happy there yeah. and uh, guys want to go work there. But, you know, I think one of the problems is, is that, like you mentioned, is this uh, social media culture yes. has just exasperated it. I mean, come on. Everybody wants to be a star on YouTube. And you look at half the stuff that's out there. And like you say, guys are having an influence whether they want to or not, or it's intended or unintended. But a lot of it is just negative. You know, I look at some of the stuff guys are doing and I, I don't believe me, I spend almost no time. But, you know, I, I have... I, I do admit I do a little bit of Instagram only, you know, I'll send a yeah, yeah. picture here or there and just, again, try to still send the message of working safely. But I mean, you know, so of course, you know, sometimes if I'm sitting up having a coffee at 430 in the morning and, you know, I'm up by myself, you know, and there's the, the phone. And I'll look at it for, you know, 10 yeah, minutes, yeah. but you see some of the stuff and it's like, oh, <laughs> It's like, oh, no. And, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these guys are like, oh, yeah, that's where I get my training, YouTube. And it's like, oh. Yeah. And and I think that that has not helped. Right. Um, like, you know, come on. My kid wants to go do squirrel squirrel flying. It's like, oh, no, please, McKay. <laughs> you don't know. No. You go to skydive, that's one thing. But flying squirrel suits, that just looks <laughs> and you see what some of these guys are doing. It's like, no. Yeah, yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. It, it, uh, it, but I, I don't think that that's helped in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah. Oh, I think that like what social media has done for the training world is removed that filter of like time. And because like when I learned from you, Rip, you learned it from somebody, but there was time in there. And then I had to learn it from you and I could ask you a question if I didn't understand it. And you could explain it to me where if I just watch a a video on YouTube, I'm just taking my interpretation of it and I'm and I'm running with it. And I think it really it exasperates what you know. it's the Dunning Kruger effect, how you get a certain amount of expertise and you think you're really good when you're not. Right. Mm. Because you don't have the experience and and it's a, and the YouTube and the social media stuff is a big problem because Dwayne and I have discussed this when we go do a training course. There's always that silent partner in the room of the Internet, mm. you know, <laughs> so you tell you'll you'll give somebody a principle or something. And then they're literally they're looking it up on their phone as you're talking and then trying right, to yeah. prove you wrong. And it's, it's sometimes it gets funny. Sometimes it gets frustrating, but it is. I think, you know, when I look back to where I learned my basic techniques and my basic skill set, it was like I had to learn it from a book, which are hard to write. Yep. 
Right. And, you know, yeah. take it, you know, and, and are difficult to produce and you got to spend money to have them. Or I had to go to a training course or go to a climbing competition. I had to, now I think a lot of people are just sitting there and there's, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of good things on YouTube and social sure. media. There the are. problem is filtering it. Absolutely. And, and a lot of times things get taken out of context. Like it's possible to take a really good technique and use it poorly. Mm. You know, it's that these oh, yeah. things can happen all the time. And it's just, so I always tell people, this is, you know, people ask me what it's like, well, never use social media, YouTube as a first point of reference, right? right? It's a great place. Like, oh, Rip showed me this cool technique. I'm going to check that out, see what the other guys are doing with it on YouTube and then use it as a, as a, a tertiary or a secondary mm. point of reference, but never use it as a first point of reference because how do you know? You right. to, you know, I don't know these guys, why they're posting on YouTube. I don't know. Oh. And there's a big difference between, hey, we were screwing around in the backyard drinking some beers, watch this. Or, right. hey, this is a, a, a really challenging job we had to do. This is how we solved our problem. And then the third level is that, well, this is how I would do it, and you should do it this way too. And those right. are very, very different conversations. They are. Yeah. Some are appropriate for social media. Some are not. Right. What it, what it right. seems to me is that there isn't – you know, I, I mean, let's face it, arborists are inventors, innovators. I don't think that's ever going to work, particularly climbers, right? And you know, a lot of the weird yeah. stuff we're talking about is is guys that are up on rope, you know. Uh, you don't see guys post about, hey, check out what I do with my chipper, right? Like it's it's stuff in the air. And, uh, right. and uh, you know, there's there's no one out there that I can see that's, that's emphasizing R&D from – what standard of practices are, you know, like, you know, I, a lot of what we, even some of the equipment and stuff we use, like going back to the Gibbs ascender rip, it wasn't made for that. Right. Don Blair referenced yeah. how he was the first one to put the bolt through it. To, so that guys couldn't mess with it. Right. And, uh, yeah. and, 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 and so we've, we've been doing that since time immemorial, making adaptations to things that weren't specifically designed. I think it's always going to be part of the industry and I don't think it's a bad part, but what, I'm worried right. with social these days. It's like people don't know the difference. It's like this is yeah. this is a cool thing that maybe one day might you know be referenced in the Z potentially. But right now it's it's an R and D black op. It isn't even like sure as hell shouldn't be using this on the job. It's just something that someone's inventing. But like like the rope wrench, the the micro pulley from CMI, they all started as innovations that now right. are considered. And evolved into something that got tested, that got its credentialing. But, you know, you mm -hmm. look at the first rope wrench, it certainly wasn't that. But look at it now, you know. Yeah. And right. where is that filter yep. to differentiate? That's what I see is missing. There's no one making those calls out there. Right. Well, especially on social media. Yeah, on social media. Yeah. yeah. So how are these guys watching? How is there anybody to know to separate the toys box from the toolbox? You know, who's, who's right. asking the C question? You know, that that's yeah. what I feel is somewhat being lost and why, you know, I brought C up earlier. That Does it make your job safer? Does it make your job easier? And does it make it more efficient? And those are really unique distinctions. You know, I've always been fascinated how a lot of people argue that ease and efficiency are the same, but they're not. You know, there's a big difference no, there. And uh, yeah. it just works really well. You know, that... Yeah. And you need a benchmark, right? And, you know, my understanding, Rip, you know, going back to I asked you where the the idea came from and so on. But like when it was taught to me from my time at Arbor Master with yourself and Ken, it was that you needed a criteria. We needed a way to look right. at new shit because 
everyone was bringing us new stuff. And I mean, I was there with you and Ken for a part of it. And, you know, yeah, people yeah. are bringing, Absolutely. hey, what do you think of this? What do you think? Like, there wasn't the internet so yeah, much. Yeah. They're just saying, so how do you evaluate something to different, to, you know, and that's what C was, right? Exactly. And, and, and I, I believe still has a lot of validity, like you say. Uh, you know, but I think a lot of people are missing. That. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow, this is great. I got to have it. <laughs> exactly. Well, <ooh> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's yeah. Cause it's like, come on, there's a lot of gearheads in our group. Got to have one or more than one of everything. And it's like, okay, do you really need, do you need this? And, you know, I mean, you, sometimes you got to spend a little time trying it. I mean, Quite honestly, I've, you know, messed around with a few of these newer, you know, stationary rope devices. And I'm like, eh, you know, it's, it's nice, but eh, I'm going to stick with this. Yep. You know, that's just going through my kind of basic thing. Not that it isn't cool and it, it isn't nice. It just, you know, yeah. same time, I'm not in any rush. So I don't need to burn through the tree and I don't need, <laughs> you know. Well, they don't, they don't need to either. They just don't exactly, see that Exactly, they don't. But, uh, <laughs> well, and, and, and Rip, I, I guess the one last, I'll touch this, I don't want to, this, I don't think this is too sensitive, but, you know, like how much is the, the, the sales behind, you know, the, the machine of the, of selling gear and equipment, is there any responsibility there to be had in any of this? Oh, I would say. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I mean, come on. That's, you know, unfortunately, and I'm probably a little guilty of this too. You know, there's, there's a lot of influential people have vested interest in selling something. Right. Right. Yeah. They've been involved, whether they came up with it themselves or they are working with the company and, you know, and that's, there's a, I think there's responsibility there that, you know, yes, it's nice to sell a product and make a little bit of money off it but you know it's i think it's more important to make sure that you know you're doing things in a responsible way um you know i i don't know i i want to you know I, I, again you look at all these kids out there you look at young people in the industry and you know I, it's like i want to make sure i want you to still be able to climb when i'm you know in your my age yeah, or something exactly. so you know don't, you don't have to you know, take your time and, and do it safely and, you know, spend that a little extra time because, um, yeah, I mean, I think that is a problem, Dwayne, that you uh, bring up. Yeah. And uh, and I think some people lose sight of that, of, the, of their responsibility to, you know, well, unfortunately, we're in a, well, we're in a world where, and, you know, in, in, at least in our culture here in North America, you know, it's a, you know, it's a capitalistic society, yeah. you know, yeah. people want to make money and that's, that's cool. But, um, you know, at what cost? I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I, you know what, I, I don't need to make a ton of money. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, you know, I'm comfortable. Yeah. I'll never be super rich, but I'm, you know, I believe again, like we were talking about, I, I believe that I'm wealthy in the, again, the people I've met as friends who are lifelong friends, yeah. you know, doing the work we do, just being able to go out and walk in the woods and, you know, be amongst trees. Come on. I mean, like <laughs> I mean, we, we, the, right. You know, how it is. Yep. We're out there. We are looking at trees in ways most people don't. Yep. And we see things and we're like, Oh, you just think, man, trees are so cool. They're real good. They're so amazing what they do and can do. And, you know, at the same time, I'm, you know, we're, we're a lot of our trees, they're struggling, right? These days, yeah. I mean, whether it's, you know, drought 
insects, disease, all the stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. like you hate to see it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is a, there is a responsibility. Yeah. We are very fortunate. And, and I think we lose, lose sight of that fact. Yeah. Um, but when so. we are very fortunate, I agree. And I, I'm lucky. I do, you know, I think, and that's important to, well, anyone that realizes that, like you, you have the space to, you know, you take that second or that minute when you get up there and you, or you, you know, you look at the tree and you're, you know, like Tony said, it's like, it's not like, how am I going to do this? What am, it's like, I get to do this. You know, it, it's right. having that reverence or that appreciation and that gratitude to, you know, for, well, shit, I'm just grateful I can do it. Like I, I'm physically can, yeah. I can actually get up there. I like, I've got friends now that did it, that can't, you know, physically can't for various yeah. reasons, you know, like how, what a great gift, you know, and, and, and you make a good point, like to, to, to want to impart that to, you know, that you're not so worn out or burned out that you can't do it anymore down the road is a, is a true statement. And I think, you know, in sincerity, you know, that people understand that, you know, Tony, you make the reference of something about, like you, 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 the purpose of the stuff is to get you to do the work or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think so many newer climbers or people new into the industry, they get all wrapped up in the, the, the climbing part of it. They, they don't know. It's like climbing, right. just gets you there to do the pruning, man. Like, right, it's, right. Just, it's like driving. It's like, it's like working in a, in a bank and saying your car is everything. It's like, no, the car just gets you to work, man. That's all right. it does, you know, right. and right. the tools and equipment that I choose are the ones that help me get out there and do that work. That's my sole criteria for equipment <laughs> selection is what helps me as a climber get to the end of that branch and make the cut I need to make safely yeah. and efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, and it, it's, it's, you know, don't choose your ropes based on color. I miss the days when <laughs> I miss the days when you could have a, a rope, any color you wanted, as long as it was white. Cause life was yeah. so much easier. Right. Oh my you know? gosh. I've never, I cannot it just blows my mind how many different climbing lines there is like really yeah Holy and it's whoa. and i and you know what i i i i'm a curmudgeon that way i do applaud it, it the options that are available yeah. to a oh, new climber oh, now oh. ops or ops are absolutely awesome but i think there's i think there's value in understanding the history of how it all started mm-hmm. and then because you know it, it you can't how do you know where you're going if you don't know where you've been? So understanding the history and the culture of it. And then that will give you appreciation for like, we've, all of us have made plenty mistakes, plenty of like people have fallen at the ITCC footlocking. Right. It happens, you know, and, and then we're playing a game. Like, so can, if you understand that, then you can learn those lessons. Yeah. Right? right. Well, it is like, to... I remember hearing a friend tell me many years ago, you know, in life, we're going to have lots of experiences, some good, some not so good important thing is you like to learn the good ones on your own and learn the bad ones from someone else, right? <laughs> you don't need to wait to become a statistic. It's mm. like, believe me, other people, have, you know, we've, we've right. seen this stuff. This is one of the reasons we are out here. I mean, and, uh, you know, applause to you, you guys and the, the others who are out there doing what you're doing. You know, I don't do it so much anymore, but a little bit, but um, you know, spending time with people to try to get them to work safer, yeah. to try mm-hmm. to get them to think about that, to go home safely at the end of the day. Yeah. That's really the most important thing. Cause you know, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of work doing, doing, doing the training, but, um, yeah, as I said, I mean, uh, when, when people come up to you, you know, just a few word, few kind words that, you know, you, you, what you did help me and 
maybe saved me and, you know, has made an impact. It's like, well, that's, that's the best, that's lots of money in, in a way, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. um, you know, it, it, just the, the feeling that you yeah. change somebody, you know, it's funny because, well, one guy I remember, cause it was very, you know, it was, uh, it was uh, when we were in Nashville, so I don't even remember what year that was, 2008 or six or something, <laughs> something like that. But, you know, we, uh, you know, I was the chair or whatever walking around the site. And I remember I ran into Toby and he had a guy with him and the guy was wearing a ball cap. And he took his ball cap off and he, he, he said, I just want to want you to know that you saved my life. And, you know, he had gone to one of those Cheryl and I will call him a gear you know, event that we did years ago. And the guy had never worn a helmet, but having gone to that, he said, I went and I listened to you and I got a helmet and I started wearing it. And he, but you know, he had a big scar on his head and he had had an accident up in the tree, you know, probably did something a little bit crazy, rigged something that came back on top of him, you know, whacked him in the head, broke his helmet. You know, he, Got, came down, ended up having to go to the hospital and, you know, he had to have brain surgery. He had a couple of blood, broken blood vessels, but, you know, his brain surgeon basically told him, you know, you didn't have that helmet on, you're, you're dead. Yep. And, um, you know, so something like that, it's like, man, eh, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of why we do it. Yep. I think, you know, mm-hmm. if you, you know, you made an impact on somebody that that's worth it all. Yeah. Um, so that, that was, kind of, I always remember that guy, but, uh, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. I think it, yeah, those are the best moments. And it, when, when you come back and hear that story is very rarely, is it about a knot you showed me or something? Right. It's, it's yeah. a core fundamental attitude that they picked up and it's very, very rewarding. You know, that yeah. when somebody no, comes is. back to you and it's just, it's, it's phenomenal feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, you know, it's uh, where we're getting close to, they, we usually around an hour, or a little more. And I think we're getting close to that time frame ripping it. I think it's a real nice, segue in, into into wrapping it up but you know it, you, it is a i think all of us that have been involved in training and education at whatever level whether you're the safety guy at a company or whether you're just you 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 train on you know you 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 do tailboards for your 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 crew or or whether you travel around and train like you and i have and tony has um there's those moments where people just say the simplest little things and you know and, I, I'm really grateful for when people are that honest and vulnerable to say, you know, first of all, like when people are able to talk about what happened to them and admit mm. what happened to them and, and it helps other people learn and that sharing, you know, that is not everybody does that. I think a lot of people bury that stuff, you know, it's like some kind of dirty mm-hmm. secret and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it, it, I'd really, you know, like I try to encourage people. That's why I, I started the tree confessions thing. You know, there's so much, you, you said it, you learn from other people's misfortunes, right? Let's learn from other, you don't have enough time to make the mistakes yourselves, you know, and all of them, you don't have a time to yeah. make them all and they're too painful. You get your test before your lesson. Right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I applaud yeah. people that have the courage to say, look, this is what happened to me. You know, and it, yep. right at the start, Rip, you did that. You did that here in this podcast. You, you know, and you didn't need to go into gory details, but you were honest about where you were at out there on the left coast. And you, 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 you threw yourself a lifeline and you went with it. And here you are today. And, and you, you're, yep. you, you don't 
you don't suppress or bury that part of it. And it would be fun one day to listen to you talk about your tours with the dead. But, but uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate that about you, Rip. I've always appreciated your sincerity. You're, you, you're, you're, there's just what you see is what you get. And that, that's, that's always been true for you, Rip. And, and I want to thank you for that and appreciate that. So, and I think everybody sees it, you know, it's, it's part of your charm and your success and it's nothing, nothing, nothing succeeds like truth and honesty. It, it just does. So uh, thanks for that. <laughs> Example. Well, you're welcome. Thank you guys. Again, you know, it's, it's, it. It, you know, it comes and goes both ways. And as I said, I've been a lucky guy. I, I, I honestly feel that the, yeah. you know, the ability to meet a lot of the people and yeah, learn, you know, different techniques and equipment, all that's part of, but I think a lot, just the people we've met yeah. and being able to share. And again, know we have this brotherhood of, you know, or tribe, uh, you know, of, of people who love what they do yeah. and, you know, love working in trees because we realize how important trees are. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of reward in that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I've been a lucky guy. I'm can hopefully knock on wood. I can continue to be lucky. And, as, you know, like you said, I, I am always still learning. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'll, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still using C on uh, 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 some of those new gizmos, you know, yeah. I don't need, need to have, you know, the, Again, I'm not driving a Ferrari these days, but I'm 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 going on a nice even pace and you know getting work done and it's uh you know I, I just feel blessed that I've been able to kind of it's weird how things have kind of come back around and believe me it's not that I didn't didn't or don't love doing training but it's just like I don't know I'm I'm I I love climbing trees so much that it's just this is a nice way for me to kind of maybe finish out my career and you know i'll still be able to do a little training here and there but yeah. uh I, I don't know I've, I've found a nice piece for myself and um you know being able to just go out and you know it's also interesting because i i give a lot of credit to my early days at the mass arborist association i mean again really that's kind of that that's where i learned you know i, I feel blessed to have learned to climb there you know uh -huh. Some of the key things, I, I mean, you know, it was like, if you're not taking the tree down, you're not climbing with spikes. Right. So I learned to climb both ways. Uh -huh. And I have to say that, you know, in my travels, a lot of the tree care that's done in the greater Boston area, I think is some of the best. I don't, you know, I just, you hardly ever see topping and, you know, just really not. And obviously there's plenty of guys out there who are doing things bad, but, I, you know, I was lucky that yeah. way. And it's. You know, I got involved with Arbor Master and, you know, ISA and all that. And you know, I'm traveling and I kind of lost touch with the MAA for, you know, a lot of time. I didn't get to go to Arbor Days. I just wasn't around. I was busy. And so it's been really nice to kind of come back full circle. And now I'm I'm back. I'm volunteering for stuff with the ISA nice. New England chapter and <laughs> and um, with the Mass Arborist again. And it, it's just great, you know, make seeing old friends and making new ones and uh yeah. So that, that's been a really nice thing too. And um, yeah. So it's, you know, cause I, I'd, I'd still go do some work in Metro West Boston, even though it's about a, you know, 70 mile drive for yeah. me, you know, I get people who want me to. And so I've got places I can stay up there. Nice. One of my good buddies, Matt Fody, he's like, Oh yeah, stay at my house. He's like, he's traveling somewhere out in 
God knows where right now. He's like, oh, you can stay at my house when I'm not here. You know where the key is. You know, it's like, which, which is cool. But it's just been uh, nice to kind of reconnect with with old friends and, and make new ones. And, uh, you know, kind of, again, kind of give back some more to MAA. Because, again, for me, that's where a lot of it started. You know, there's and, a, there's a yeah. saying, you can only keep what you have by giving it away. And, and you know, I hear it repeated in what you're saying. And, uh, you know, you don't lose it when you give it away. You just, it, it creates more. And, uh, it's, you know, that the, the one plus one is three concept, you know, when we share and, and give back, it, it comes back to us. Well, it just makes more and it's wonderful. And, and, uh, I, I'm reminded of it listening to you share this. Mm. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's been a great journey so far and hopefully it'll continue on for a while longer. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I quite honestly, people say, are you retired? Because, of course, you know, there's all this buzz, you know, I'm not doing much with Arbor Master. So people think, you know, you've I've quit it or I'm, no, it's just I've just changed a little by focus. And, you know, I'm uh, just doing something a little bit different most of the time. And uh, yeah, Good for you. so I, I, I gosh, I can't even fathom people are like, you're going to retire. I'm like what the heck would I do with myself? I don't even, I'm, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll get to the point where I'm not climbing as much, but I, that's, you know, I'd like to do that as long as I'm physically able to, you kidding yeah. me to be able to get up in a tree. Come on. It's like, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Mm. You know, even if it's just to go up there and sit there and enjoy a sunset. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. it's, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, but I've always, I've always considered retirement is when you go to work because you want to, not because you have to anymore. Right. Mm, yeah, I never intend stopping the work. I just now, I, now I think I, I'm for. I guess I've been retired forever then because. <laughs> but it yeah, yeah. a little bit. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm just going to share a little something that. Uh, well, no, I'm not going to now. No, it's all right for another day. Okay, but, uh, okay, fair um, enough. Well, I'll share it at some. I'll share it at some okay, point. It's just a, a very cool thing that happened to me a year and a half ago, or that I did. That that I'll share. I haven't gotten permission from the person I did it for, but it was uh, to share it. But it was well. That's yeah, on, that's on, that's yep. a good segue, Rip, because uh, when we we there's been a couple people we've finished with, and they and they're they're there's more they'd like to say they enjoyed the time, and uh, you know. The, the real the the it's it, it's turning into a bit of a legacy project you know for a lot of us it's it, i i feel honored that people are willing to talk to us and you know to get some of this audio down and recorded is it, it you know it's it's posterity people are going to be able to listen to it and and we're we're already know that we're going to have to have do-overs or or a, a, a mulligan with and and you you know we're glad to have you on that list and and you can get that permission oh, yeah. we can we can go through that story so i look forward to the next tree actions with rip tompkins and uh i, I really mm -hmm. have enjoyed this one and I, I just want to thank you for your candor your honesty and your openness like it's it's just really you know that's you know truth is strong and and you're very strong rip so thank you Thank you guys. Yes, I Thank appreciate it. I'm, I look forward to, uh, you know, I got to figure out how to listen to some of these. I'm not obviously the most technologically. Oh, we'll, we'll get them to you. We'll get yeah. them to you one oh, way yeah, or another. That's, that's cool. Well, I appreciate it. And it's good, good seeing and talking to both of you. And 